Welcome to this guided meditation with Father Mark, your guide for a more intimate and transformative connection with Christ. Please pause, play, and adapt this aid to facilitate your own personal conversation with the Lord. Let's begin this time of meditation with the Lord by calming our spirit, breathing in, holding it, letting it out. Do that a few times till you feel you're in a place of relaxation and attentiveness, a posture that will help you enter into conversation with the Lord. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we come into your presence with faith. I believe that you are here with me in this space, wanting to speak with me, that you have prepared this time for the two of us to talk. You've been looking forward to this moment as much as I have, and you want to meet me here. I believe that. I believe that when I give you the space and I open my heart, my mind, you are there. And I hope, Lord, I hope in confidence in all you promise is true. Your promise to prepare a place for me, your promise to be with me always and everywhere. Your promise to give me all that I need, that if I go and sell all in search of you, I will find you, that when I knock on the door, it'll be opened. I hope in all of these promises you've made to me, Lord. And I love you. I love your goodness and kindness and mercy, your care for me as a brother, as a father, as a friend, as the beloved of my heart. I love you for the way you meet all my needs. I love you even for the crosses that you permit me to encounter, the challenges, the dry periods, all of those things. I love you, Lord, because if you permit them, it's for my good. And even if I can't see it, I know and I'm confident that your love will never fail and will give me all that I need. I also thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all the gifts you've given me, the spiritual gifts, the human gifts, the people, the blessings of the things you've given me, the places that you've led me to, places I've encountered you. I thank you for it all. I thank you more specifically for the things right now in my life, the way you're present. And again, for the challenges you permit. And I look forward, Lord, now to hearing you and encountering you in this gospel. I imagine the scene of Matthew 19, 3 to 12. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it awful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? 
so they're no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together man must not separate they said to him then why did moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her he said to them because the hardness of your hearts moses allowed you to divorce your wives but from the beginning it was not so i say to you whoever divorces his wife unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery his disciples said to him if that is the case of a man with his wife it's better not to marry he answered not all can accept this word but only those to whom that is granted some are incapable of marriage because they were born so some because they were made so by others some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven whoever can accept this ought to accept it i'm struck by that phrase in the beginning i remember jesus from my studies of moral theology that phrase that john paul ii focused on so much in the beginning when he was reflecting on this passage he said jesus wanted to bring his interlocutors back to the beginning god's original intent for man and woman together not to be caught up in what was culturally popular in the moment not to be caught up in all the different circumstances and intentions and situations that bring men and women to difficult situations in their relationships but when asked about the permissiveness of divorce he says let's go back to god's original intent and what's revealed there is God created man and woman one for another to be the reason to leave that original safety of love in the family and mother and father and child. And for that reason, and only for that was a big enough love to leave that good nuclear love of the family behind and start a new family. So God's original intent for man and woman was to find in one another cause of love that's god's original intent and jesus that speaks to me because so often i can get caught up in my own life in the particularities of circumstances that i might want to justify myself because this person did that or because that didn't turn out the way i wanted and so i could and i did and i acted and i thought and i judged and somehow these circumstances justify a less than virtuous response and and maybe if you get into measuring all of those things there might be some mitigating circumstances but going back to your original intent what did you want from the beginning before sin entered the world before all these circumstances became difficult what's god seeking originally and that gives light on where is god's heart what does he desire what does he want? What does the new man in Christ choose and desire and pursue and love and value? How often, Jesus, you call me and I should go back to your original intent, the unsullied, un, un kind of dirtied intent, that original innocence. And that can be a light to how you want me to respond in each moment. The two are no longer two, but one flesh. What you desire is one fleshness.
one-heartness, a unity, a setting aside of one's will and intent and, and molding it to the other, each giving 100% to the other. It's so forming a new union, a new oneness, of which another can spring a new family. And yes, that requires a lot of death to self. And I see in my own vocation as a priest that oneness, that one fleshness you call me to is with, with you, Jesus, in the Eucharist, with you, Jesus, in the church, that I need to become one with you, one with your bride, the church, to become one with them to give new life in the church. That's my marriage. That's who I can't divorce, separate myself from. Because your original intent, and now I move to the third, that he who has ears to hear this call, this call to embrace for the sake of the kingdom, that thing that not all can accept, but to renounce marriage, the good that it is, for the sake of becoming one flesh with the kingdom of heaven, of choosing and marrying the kingdom of heaven. Not all can accept. It's not all are called to it. But Jesus, I am. And I believe all married people in some way are also called, sure to discover Jesus through the spouse. But also a part of their hearts is to be espoused to Jesus first. And in so doing, they can love completely the other. Because Jesus says, you love me, Go love your spouse, just like he says to me, Mark, you love me? Go love the church. Go love souls. He says to the married man or woman, you love me? Go love your spouse. Go love your children. And that gift of self to the other and becoming one, you bear fruit and become like me. It's a glorious call. It's a beautiful call. It's a challenging call. So I take some time now to, to pause and think about those people in my life that you're asking me to to love sincerely, totally, and to seek to become one with in the way you call me to, to set aside myself and to pursue you in them. Pray for the grace of patience, of humility, kindness, of disinterested service, of embracing the sweetness of dying to self so that I can bear fruit in you and with others. Yes, Lord, not all can hear it, and some have hardness of heart, and it can seem impossible, this call to become one flesh with others, with the church, with souls. It can be impossible, and if my heart is hard, yes, it is impossible. But if my heart is soft like yours, if I take on your yoke, becomes easy and light and possible and fruitful. Give me that grace today, Jesus. Amen.